Avatar, Way of Water. What is our uh, next movie? Is it The Wiz and then Last Dragon, I think? Yeah. God, we're doing The Wiz next. Fuck. That's crazy, dude. Polarized taking on The Wiz. That's big stuff. That is big shit. Not many people do, but we're doing it. Yeah, we're fucking big dogs now. Yeah. We're fucking here. We're we're whizzing it. We got our whiz out. I mean, we've always been dogs. Now we're big dogs. Yeah, uh-huh. We got to get those shirts. Big dog, big dog shirts. Damn, I need it. Uh, those get are back big, into big. I uh, we should start getting back into big dogs. <laughs> you and I together, we would have probably have a box of big dog shirts perfect for tw- a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> oh my god. How old we were. But got man, a, I, could right, go for, I could go for another one. Oh, absolutely. Probably got a Raiders of the Last Bark. Oh, or, uh, that's, the, great. <laughs> that's great. That's <laughs> great. I last memory I have it from it was uh the uh this guy that I went to community college with um in an anthropology class I took one semester. I felt like that was either he wore that shirt like every day or that was like his Tuesday shirt when we had class okay. together. Because right. I swear, I like, I sat behind, like, pretty close behind him, and he was that guy in class that was, like, obnoxious to an ex- to, to on some days, other days, it was, it was fine, whatever, but he would just, like, t- talk and talk and talk and talk and go on to, like, about unrelated things and ask questions, you know, you should have an inquisitive mind, but be questions that are just kind of, you could sense the whole vibe of the room just kind of, like... Uh, can get on with it okay, yeah and i'd always just look at the like uh the big big dog symbol on the back of a shirt i'm like man he wears that shirt all the time <laughs> that's the big dog guy <laughs> rough, rough. It, was, it was a very generic one it wasn't even one that had a joke it was just big dog and then the the dog <clears throat> uh welcome to the podcast everybody uh you caught us talking about big dog uh clothing wear uh i highly highly recommend you check it out i wonder if they're still still going on this is such an interesting way to start the podcast um uh, mm, yes but should i start unconventional it this way? no i mean go for it yeah I think we should do it you do it just do it this you, is you clicked mahogany. on the mahogany episode yeah. and we're jumping into big dog clothing wear and i'm doing a goog as we speak i'm googing it big dog clothing 90s is the next autofill big dog sportswear can you imagine Ugh. Oh no! Us just like biking or something, or doing some extreme sports with our big uh, dogs. The one that's on their front page is uh like one of their badass big dogs, and it's saying, "You can't fix stupid, not even with (laughs) duct tape." Wow, that's kind of aggressive. (laughs) Okay. Oh wait. Okay, oh, I was I getting to that. some of the punny ones. Here we go. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is Polarized Podcast. We're talking big dog clothing wear to start yeah. off here. Uh-huh. We'll get into it here in a second. Uh, Rip it! <laughs> I might be getting older, but I refuse to grow up. Oh, okay, these are these are old guy shirts, but I'm looking for punny ones. I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. Where are the funny ones? Yeah. <laughs> P.U., that one was not good. These are like cranky old grandpa. Oh my ones. god! The oh, some of these are fun. Works well with others when they leave me the blank alone. Oof. Okay, I'm not old. I'm aged to perfection. Okay, old guy shirts. Just do it tomorrow. Love that. 
I got a shirt that has that I got from Costa Rica with a sloth that says just do it tomorrow. Oh. So I'm all about oh. that as far as graphic tees go. If you go to t-shirts and then go to the howl of fame. Okay. Okay. Oh, it'll get you there. Look at this like classic the, logo. The, yeah. We got the dog father. If we you can't S- run. Okay. We should, let's go back and forth. I'm going to, if you can okay. see my screen, okay. I'm going to do this one. And then if you see one that you want to jump on to, uh, we'll do a couple and then we'll move on to mahogany, the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I see one here that says, if you can't run with the big dog, stay on the porch. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I mean, God, there's not that many, unfortunately. Cause I mean, yeah, I'm looking at it. The most like crossover IP stuff that I see here is we got South Park and it's all the little guys, but they're dogs. And then, yeah, we got the dog father and it's a, it's a, well, you see what they said under South park. Oh my God. They fixed Kenny. Yes, of course. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Dog father. And then we also got leashes. We don't need no stinking I leashes. That like is my dad so, would like that one. I think my dad I know, would enjoy that but one. it is uh dads love it, but man, is it insensitive? Yes. <laughs> it is atrociously outdated and not chill anymore <laughs> to wear. If you were to wear that, you're like, so you also voted for Trump. <laughs> Some of these kind of have that vibe. Yeah, they're aggressively like, Yeah, I have my own opinion. Yeah. And fuck you on yeah. top of it. Okay, big log. The categories are pretty fun. Big dog logo, big attitude, humor, drinking, hobby, parody. Oh, parody, parody. Because oh, I remember okay. it like James Bone was. Here we go. Sign. Oh, fetch. here it is. Okay, Masters yes. of their do- domain. You got Elaine Bassett, like oh, Bassett. I love these ones. Schumann. Okay. Pa- what are what some really Posmo Kramer? Ones they got George Cospaniel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the James Bone. Dump- Double O K nine. Oh, you found it. Nice. Yeah. Uh huh. Halloween. We got Captain Big Dog Rum. Yo ho ho. Jurassic World. Uh huh. I like that. Uh, I mean, Big Bowkowski. Big no. Big Bowwowski. Big Bowwowski. <laughs> the, the dog, dog abides. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Now we're getting good. Now we're getting. I'm liking this. Mm-hmm. I love Top Dog because it's like it. It's Top Gun, but Top Dog is just such a clear, like, uh, you know, kind of saying that it just isn't. Oh, yeah. The oh, the sweatiest is the Soprano dogs. That's just Soprano with dog attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's interesting seeing the doctor. The do, oh, there's dog to evil, but it just says throw me a freaking bone. A freaking bone, <laughs> which is like literally what he says. <laughs> exactly. It's not even a play on it. It's like yeah. oh, that's yeah, what that's what the Rex Files, Agent Mutter, and Collie. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to get the Osbones. Wow, what a time! For your Nine? fucking birthday, dude. Please. The, the world is big enough. Double O K nine. The world is not enough. James Bond, big dog. What a pull! The name's Please Bone. James Bone. <laughs> yes. Oh, I think this is might be the one I had. Tomorrow never <laughs> bites. I think I might have had this one. Bone, James bite. Bone. Tomorrow never bites. Did you just say that? Sorry. No, no, no. I, I had the world is oh, big the world enough. Is big. Oh, I had one of those. I remember always seeing them at the store and being like, fuck. God, that would be that would represent my love for not only James Bond, but dogs <laughs> yeah. and animals. I love it's that. Got, I love my doggies. 
It's got James on it. <laughs> oh yeah, and James. It's got <laughs> That's right. Phone. I almost forgot my it's name. Almost, for you, it's almost like an encouragement to fuck. It's like <laughs> Bone. Bone. James Bone. <laughs> that could be my porn name, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm as well as my big dog name. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How funny is that Soprano Dogs one where just yeah, it's just like Sopran Dogs, is that what it says? No, it's it's Soprano Dogs, right? Oh, it is Soprano Dogs. <laughs> it's wow. Not, it's not even forget about like, it that's all it says yeah and fur is is oh forget is, about yeah. it wow look at that the whole cast is there in dog form i mean it's yeah you can just keep going with that idea it's a good idea i love it, it. makes sense yeah. that it's still going on even the basic also, lo- this basic logo is pretty dope i think too with uh dad core being a fashion mm-hmm. that like you could tuck one of these shirts into like like wide like legged pants and it being like oh yeah that guy's just a hipster <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean these are fresh especially these colors are kind of like pastel-y and fun mm-hmm. that logo is you know like oh yeah did you buy it new or did you buy it from you know thrift store who knows because it could be something you got from the 90s and mm-hmm. oh bucket hats oh See, they just never left. They they just stuck oh, around and waited for the, the fashion to come back around. They're ahead of their time. That's all I'm saying. Um, yep. Speaking of ahead of their time, Gary, yeah, well, Gary Bordy. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Bordy. Is a son of a this, bitch. Is, this is the most crazy intro. <laughs> this is the craziest. Uh, you, know, you know what? I'm, I'm, gonna, rolling, I'm, gonna I'm rolling with it. I know. I'm going to back off just for a second. Just really do a quick intro. I mean, we, if you've oh, kind I, of already. Oh, yeah, I was going to do. I promise. I I had to get my big dog out. I was, and then yeah. I was going to get the true okay, intro well, in. Well, James, put your big dog away. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We're recording right now. <laughs> big dog is out. Too late. I'm the big dog now. And, this and is, deal with it. This is, yeah, and forget, <laughs> a, forget about it. Uh, but yes, I, I'm sorry to derail so early on. Uh, am I? I I'll. I'll. Uh, no, don't apologize. I love it. That's the intro, baby, and I'm sticking to it. This is the Polarized Pod. I am the host, James. This is my fellow host, the great Brandini, as yes, he's been yes, yes, known to be called in this king, as a fellow king in this polarized kingdom. We are coming to you, not live, but if you were on yeah, Twitch sort with of, us, well, yeah, sort of, kind might, of. <laughs> maybe. But uh, we uh, we talk about polarizing movies, movies that uh, critics and audiences disagree on on Rotten Tomatoes, and on Rotten Tomatoes is broken up into two camps: the audiences and the critics. The movies that we talk about are the ones that they disagree on. Either audiences love it, critics hate it, or vice versa. Uh, we've done that includes a lot of interesting movies that we've done in the past uh and yes going for for a little bit now and it's cool that that can include almost any genre um because it's just about how people feel about it and this one is Mm. mahogany and uh we're doing this because of uh gary bordy uh he is a prominent figure in pop culture to say the least and I, to say the least like li- li- one like, of the most influential people pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it is an understatement to talk about how important he is in music yeah <laughs> in and, movies 
the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean this this one is nigh uh, almost invisible and and hard hard to find and, and track down. Um, but it is rated on Rotten Tomatoes, a movie from 1975 when Rotten Tomatoes definitely wasn't a thing. So it's fun to. Tr- the, this is more of the rare form of movie that has that has mm-hmm. stopped by on the old polarized kingdom is the one that's pre Rotten Tomatoes existence, which I'm not sure exactly when when they came to be. Uh, but it's was it's really exciting to jump in a movie from 1975. We did one other uh, Bron- Charles Bronson movie uh, that was that was fun as well. Uh, and this one, yeah, has a 30 percent by critics and a 76 percent by audiences. And um, this is my first time hearing about it. And if I can just even uh, drop a little hint at a plug at the beginning, we, we, me, we being me and Brandini, the Royal, we, <laughs> the Royal, we, we, uh, and a frequent uh, guest of ours, El Blarge, uh, have another podcast called the prod pod. Uh, we have just started and we are talking about music producers and Barry Gordy, uh, Gary Gordy, excuse me, uh, is our next one that we are uh, covering. So this was kind of a fun little mini series that we're kind of jumping into for these next three movies <laughs> are going to be Barry, Gary, Bordy related. The, this first one is uh, directed by the man himself, uh, and we will be doing uh, two more coming up. I'll and I'll reveal later. Oh, you like that? Oh, like, I love you it. Like a little oh. tease. Oh, I'm loving the energy, man. I just, I'm, I'm glad that we started After, off. This. We got the big dog out of the way. I'm telling we you, got the, I, I had to get I, it out. Honestly, I needed the big dog. because. <laughs> okay. So something happened today leading up to this podcast is I, I made cheeseburgers and I made, Ooh. they weren't like, they weren't big ones, but I, I ate three of them and it felt like I got hit by a tranquilizer. Tart. <laughs> and I have just been like, it was crazy like i i sat and i watched for some reason i started watching uh how i met your father it's okay. like i don't know if it's is it good hillary, D- hillary duff is on hillary duff is in it yeah um i don't know if it's very good but for some reason it's pretty fucking watchable mm-hmm. but man i ha- i house these three burgers and i nice. seriously have you not didn't do felt- any like doubles you just like three Three, three singles? yeah because i got three singles and very straightforward like i nice. just thought going into it like i could do three because they're like not very big whatever but man after the third one i it blew me away <laughs> how tired i got after that i was like i felt like I, they had heroin in them or something because i just came out of it and i was like i oh man i had to like I've been you look like Diana this. Ross from Lady Sings the Blues, another movie. <laughs> i'm just like shaking a little bit now um <laughs> But good lord, dude! I just I haven't felt like that after a meal in a minute. Um, and congratulations, was, were they tasty? I mean, they, they were so. Oh, oh, they were so tasty because I did. Yeah. I I sautéed some onions up with some mm. uh, Lee Lee Parents Worcestershire sauce mm. and put that on top, and then I had some uh, some classic um, uh, singles. Um, yes. Which is just, a, I think, a necessity for a green it's the perfect burger. choice for for a burg or a breakfast Sammy. Oh God, my yes, breakfast. or just a fried egg in general. Just just pop that mm. fucker. Pop that bad boy on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this man, is an I, adult I, podcast. We can yeah. swear it's okay. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> are mad. any of these fuckers? <laughs> <laughs> just 
Um, yeah, so I'm I'm glad we kind of just started off on a on a more like lighter note and something a little off kilter because good lord was I just we'll keep like, it light. I can't believe how tired I was, but I'm excited to talk about this movie. Um I'm excited to talk about uh Jerry Snorty. I think um it is this is such a curio and yeah, I'm pumped. Did you have a dream of being uh <laughs> a master chef in in Rome with a with a with a Michelin star restaurant? And a bunch of critics coming to, I was trying to find a parallel to the opening of this movie, but that was kind of, yeah. So I, 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 that was rough. uh Uh-huh. I did though. I did have Uh a, uh I I had a whole envisioning of me as a established master chef where everybody is just, you know, I made a food and then people just started clapping their asses off. It didn't stop for like 20 minutes, 20 (laughs) minutes. It's like the, it it, it, it really, it, it looked like, in the crowd of this, you know, me, this uh, presentation of my meal, that this is the greatest meal that anybody in the place had ever seen uh-huh. or eaten entire life to the point where I got, yeah, a standing ovation that lasted, I think, 15 minutes. It would put some of these movies at the Venice Film Festival to shame is the kind of shit. We're talking <laughs> about, you know, and that's how I felt about the opening of this movie, which just oh man already so fucking confusing right cool Uh, some of the some of the better like cinematography in the whole film is is this one one shot or like not one shot but this one sequence that just kind of comes out of the blue but the floating figures mm -hmm. as it open opens up on is like one of the coolest things (laughs) artistically is done in in the movie I, i feel like and uh but it's just yeah just it throws you into some cold water <laughs> absolutely and it's so fucking jarring too well first off it's it does this thing that is just such a funny thing that happens sometimes in movies where the like, kabuki uh, finale that's what it's yeah called. right you know which the again, kabuki finale this is how the movie starts and you're just kind of like what what, what? <laughs> you're like woken up from like a three cheeseburger nap and you're like whoa whoa kabuki finale, kabuki finale. Is this- <laughs> it reminded me of uh, Diamonds Are Forever when uh, Shady Acorns does his like the the bit we get of him doing a stand up is like two minutes of the end of his act and, and it, but it kind of presents it like it's the what whole thing <laughs> i know what you're talking about but yeah and so you just you're like dropped into it where it's like the end of a thing but it's so weird that it doesn't show you the beginning instead Mm because it just creates this very like frantic energy of like, and it's over. And then it just started and you're like, Oh fuck. Okay. I mean, I guess the show was good because everybody's losing their fucking mind (laughs) right now, but like this Kabuki ending, I have no idea. And then it freeze frames on it. That looks like dog shit. So that was just a whole way to start this movie. (laughs) Unintelligible sort of, and I'm going to say this early is sound mixing and in, in mm. whether it's a direction of like telling people how long and loud to clap or how you mix it within the scene later on in post or whatever it is. Uh, it was just almost maddening and how, how prolonged that went on for um, where it did seem surreal and dreamlike, I, I guess. I guess. Uh, right. And then it, it doesn't, do you a lot of favors because it is kind of just like a quick 
foggy transition. It's not even a, there's not a music cue. It doesn't have to be that stereotypical, but it's just kind of like a, a very soft wipe. And then it goes on to like her real life. But for a second, you're just kind of like, wait, what, where is that? Did that happen? And what's, what's going on? <laughs> oh, totally. And cause I was thrown that I was like, oh, this is why, cause I didn't, there's not really anything. I mean, it makes sense in hindsight, but when I first saw it, I was like, oh wait a minute because i was reeling from that being like why did we just go from her being a standing ovation to her then being working in this thing and then struggling and i was like i just i didn't realize that it was a dream but it is so funny then once i realized that that was the case because there's a conversation that like i think her manager essentially it was so funny i like was furiously writing notes about it because after the kabuki ending she comes off stage and then her manager comes up like tracy you've gotten everything like literally oh, says like, yeah you have gotten everything you've wanted you've right. done it you're the best fashion designer Paris in and london world. and rome they're all on the phone right now <laughs> yeah, like, calling about I, the kabuki finale freeze frame i just couldn't handle it I it seemed like, like the, the ending of a movie which it turns out to also be yes but it's yeah, weird to to jump in like that and then you know i we mentioned that it's hard to find this movie so both of us found it on youtube for free on on a, just like a channel and it was kind of cut out uh only like very like i think only like the, the theme song they cut out because they just didn't want to get flagged for anything mm -hmm. but at, it was jarring to say the least that's no fault of their own but it cuts from that to like silence silence yeah <laughs> for us so you know weird. there's nothing right. against the movie but it was just an experience uh yeah going through this yeah totally because we can't there's a lot of stuff like that that happens when it, especially when it comes to the music in this which is a real bummer i will try not i, I don't it's hard not to hold it a little bit against it because I'm sure that's probably the most redeeming qualities of it. And because it was free on YouTube, they just completely cut it out at times where it was. Yeah. How jarring is that, that we go into Kabuki ending to freeze frame to silence. <laughs> yeah. It is, but I guess when you think about it, it's cool that there is a, an attached theme song that we throughout the movie, at least were purviewed to the motif, like way it's stitched through everything. The, like like the i'm trying to think what kind of music that would that would be it's almost like classical or, or something like that the 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 composition of it um but then it's yeah, yeah with diana ross singing on top uh soulful as, as well um but what do you think of uh diana ross in an acting performance are you familiar with her acting at all because <laughs> i'm not familiar with Barry Gordy movies or Diana Ross acting like I, I love her music, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I had not seen a movie or I'm, I think she might've been in blues brothers if I'm not mistaken, but okay. I don't, I don't really remember her performance too much, but yeah, like I was not familiar with, especially this era because this is like, she is arguably the biggest singer on the planet. Mm -hmm. Like at least like, close to i want to say right you know she's yeah and we in, saw and then she did the billy holiday movie earlier and she, and she's with gary schnor schnorlax yeah uh, Gar Hurdy, gary Snorlax. and uh oh Hurdy -Gurdy. yeah uh yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, fine. Yeah, what? Hurdy, gritty, bitch. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I so I wasn't familiar with her actually. Sorry. I, yeah, I, I don't think I even really said what I meant. But like, um, he is. But I, yeah, I was like, it, she's good. Movies, she's good. It's like Diana Ross is Billy Holiday in that movie. Was, was I was going to say right. too? And, it's like it's like Diana Ross is, and it's kind of it's predicated on and i'm sure that's uh snary schnerdy's um <laughs> <laughs> we're never gonna say barry gordy <laughs> sorry uh <laughs> his uh doing a lot too is just propping her up being in a relationship and, and everything and and having that be uh, a collaboration and making something as well uh but you have some context as far as like the making of this movie and why um larry <laughs> Larry Snardy uh, um, is directing this. Yeah. yeah so, uh-huh. okay. So with uh, Lady Sings the Blues, that was a re- pretty well received movie because of Diana Ross's performance as Billie Holiday being so good and being so like, and that's like Barry Gordy presents. It says right at the presents, beginning of that yes. movie. So it's mm-hmm. very much producer role in that. Right, but Which not a director. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that. If you want to listen to more about that, we'll uh, listen to prod pod, but um, yeah. So my understanding is, is like, okay, so uh, lady sings the blues was well-received because of Diana Ross's performance. Also, again, she's like, it can't be like understated enough. She's like the biggest fucking pop star on the planet. Like everybody knows who she is. So like her, her being in a movie just makes sense because people will just go see it because like Diana Ross is like going to be singing in it and she's acting in it. And then for them to like off the, like out of, on yeah, like out of the gate, have a, a like a uh, life spanning performance for Billie Holiday, which she is very like honors it. Well, people like it. It's very and committed, also to committed performance. Yeah. It's like a very committed biopic and, you have to you have to commit you have to yeah really dig in absolutely yeah it's not yeah it isn't so much about yeah exactly so and then also too something that i was getting a sense of is is that it was really great for people to see an on-screen romance where the two leads were black as well and like the chemistry between billy d and lady sings the blues and kind of this i mean we'll talk about it more but like that was also a thing is people were like, Oh, I'm really loving this, you know, romance that's happening on screen by these two black actors. This is amazing. We want more of this. So that's why there is such a, like a one after the next is two movies where Billy D's in it and is the love interest to Diana Ross, because it just, it, the first outing was well-received. People loved it. They're like, Oh, Billy D's so hot. He's doing great. The chemistry on screen's awesome. Let's do this again. And then, so you have mahogany, right. That comes out. And originally it wasn't a snary Doherty as the director. It was Terry Richardson, this like more, an actual director. <laughs> I guess I'll just say that. I can't really speak too much to like how great his other stuff is because he's done some things, but it's nothing that I've really seen. And um, yeah, so there was this article that I shared with you that was talking about the production of it. Like a couple weeks into the shooting of it, they were doing the scenes where Billy D is 
um canvassing or like doing the like kind of being rallying people at uh, at a job site and w- there was like a kid or a teenager that just like was sh- that shouted out like people in the streets don't talk like this and and made like a clear jab at the dialogue because he they overheard the you know overheard the scene and all the all the talking parts and whatever and Barry Gordy just immediately was struck by it and then like internalized it and made a huge decision to fire Terry Richardson and be like I'm from the streets I get this I'm going to just do this and yeah it really is not it wasn't the right move that I think we could safely say because (laughs) this a lot of the direction in this is just so amateurish right i yeah. think you've said that to me before the pod recording of like there's some big swings but yeah yeah mm-hmm. there's a real like lack of understanding of how that's palatable to the audience I, I feel like and that goes from sound mixing to how you set up a set up a scene and and bring it to fruition um and going through the beats of whatever story you may have which this one, as we saw in the trailer, is a real rags to riches story. It's like very stereotypical in, in its storytelling. Um, and to hear that the background of, of him becoming the d- director speaks to what I imagine he was he is like as a producer is hands on in, in a way where if things aren't going the way that he envisions it. He has the vision. He has what is in his mind is going to be a hit or be popular. And he's been very successful in the past. And so I'm sure at a certain point where he's just kind of has to take over um, if things aren't going the way that he he wants it to. But that also is like that also tells me, yeah, the 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 fault faults as well of a over eager over micromanaging producer that maybe isn't trusting enough in somebody else sometimes to, to do a, a a good enough job. But I, and also like if what he wanted actually followed through, I'm not sure if I'm the person to, to judge if it's like more, if it's accurate, uh, you know, and I, I just think that's the dialogue is clunky as well, you know, is, is the thing. And so, right, which is not him. Right. I mean, I guess it would be on You're saying that's like one of the reasons why he wanted to take over is to kind of have more, more accuracy and, and, and truth in in that regard. And to me, some of the dialogue was a little bit more stilted and clunky and strangely philosophical and in ways that, didn't fully like make sense sometimes well you know in anthony perkins which we should definitely talk about as well is like a a big per, big part of uh a lot of those lines um but you talked about billy d williams i mean the man is in his prime and he's like in his prime wearing turtlenecks and just oozing charisma and i think the chemistry between him and diana ross makes complete sense why you would want to build a movie around that. Cause so many other things can fall into place with those two at, at the helm and, and Barry Gordy, that uh, snarry snurdy and um, all the, all the pieces are in place, but then to also see, yeah, steamed kind of, I'm not sure what Anthony Perkins has been doing. I'm not super familiar with like his career beyond psycho, uh, but to see him popping up in this and really, really giving a performance, like, 
making a meal out of it. My God, this he is so fascinating to watch. I mean, it's oh yeah, big well, choices, and, and he was and he was allowed to make. I mean, I mean, you're bringing him on. I, I guess he's going to make make choices, but you're allowing him to to make those big swings as well. Yeah. Oh. And oh. Like meditate it's, on that guy. I know he's. I know. And then it's, we watched the telescope scene just a second ago. We were reviewing a, a little bit, and I was almost almost tempted with this YouTube uh, situation to just do a whole commentary. But there is a a scene <laughs> of women modeling with a telescope, one after the other, and this is the introduction to Anthony Perkins. We should get into mm-hmm. the plot a little bit too, but we're just on the on the per- percolator right now. Uh, and he's just barking orders one after the other and like sucking your gut, like open your mouth a little bit more, close it. And then after each one say shit, say shit, say shit. And then they would say shit and smile. And it was just such a, an, an abrasive way to introduce a character. I, I mean, it's definitely purposeful in its ability to not show the face uh, of him for a bit and just hear his voice. And then just that close up of his face right at the end when he's like, not happy um but it doesn't it's not really as satisfying as i feel like the as they maybe the director uh harry gertie was wanting it to be in in its effect but there's swings and there's artistic things like that edit to the quick close-up of his face that's like oh i get what you're trying to do but he wears these glasses he's a little bit older he's got some some grays uh, he's he's just got such an intense sort of personality, and he kind of is a sociopath. Uh, you find you gradually come to find out. Um, I mean, you kind of know right off the bat, right? Just kinda, like what you yeah. were saying. I mean, he once he, just once has, he says the all the inanimate objects shit, man. Oh my god, because that's also too the like the name of this movie, Mahogany, is given to Diana Ross by Anthony Perkins because all of his favorite models he gives inanimate object names to yeah because i can't remember he has a why room, room dedicated to them yeah which is it's he has all a red, so he has a room weird dedicated to red flags oh, like it's a whole it's, red flag room it's like this is yeah I'm, my red flags look at these well and he's yeah because he's just a walking red flag because yeah he already right off from jump preets like treats the women like their objects is mean to them he's also just so like he has this like flamboyant bisexual like i'm gonna fucking do what i i, I want to fucking take photos attitude about shit and it's, it's a little oh like anar- you know, like kind of like an ar- anarchist a little bit or, or kind of like a little like, bit yeah like the, right like the system a bit but um, then also like is like part of the system and is like facilitating a lot of these problems and is really like yeah, a, a so, real narcissist, like real sociopath, like his, his treatment of the models and that the whole, all the speech about, yeah, everyone, you're an inanimate object and I give all my inanimate objects names and, but also like you don't matter and how he treats her is, is uh, <laughs> toxic and he does a lot of gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. It's a, crazy right i mean it just yeah that's the thing about this movie like is a lot of the stuff in here is really fucking toxic because i would argue too that the relationship between uh also in this 
for between Billy D and Diana Ross is kind of fucking toxic. Like I came out of uh, like there were yeah. situations from jump, right? Is she's she's also kind of toxic with them, right? Because oh, yeah, you know, the meeting of the their like meet cute is Diana Ross is coming back from uh talking to her like Taylor aunt or whatever, um, because she's got these, you know, she's got a project because I think she's I, she's either working for a fashion house or she's going in fashion school. I can't exactly. That remember. was rough to wrap my head around too. Like how she, she got a job at like this. Was it like a retail store as a department store, which right? is but where they, the fact said she was like a secretary yeah. or something. And then, but she was doing mm-hmm. like merchandising and, and shit on the, and setting up mannequins and, and stuff like that. I, I feel like, and it was, that was kind of confusing with, I guess when, she's with her aunt right is mm-hmm. that her, like what i think i think so is that is that like a job is that is that the school i was trying to figure that out because that seemed like another job and she was like trying to do designing under i think that is the truth is that she is in design and fashion school and then that's what she went to her aunt to get designed but then she also has to make money her job is an assistant to a like department store art mm. director almost like right. uh, art okay. uh, like, I'm sure there's another term for it, but like somebody like whose a job or is, something. is to like what are what's being put on the models, what is yeah. being stocked in the store, you know, like mm-hmm. that's why she was there during the the uh like catalog shoot or whatever Anthony Perkins was I mean because who the what the fuck was that for where it was a fashion show that had telescopes like what I just put your finger in the uh, put your put your finger in the lens yeah grab it grab it yeah grab it grab it grab it yeah (laughs) say shit was there also I maybe I'm conflating these movies because this like does seem like a fever dream to me but was there also like a robot fashion show like shoot as well robot fashion shoot I don't remember that Okay, I feel like there was a shoot where there was like robots, like. <laughs> I, let me. I, I wonder she, like, if I came can, out with her outfit. That one where, where like she's yeah, like, yes, is, yeah, where she's outfit. a part of it. So it was like, because I I want to say there was a moment. There's like the way that the story progresses is she is assistant. Anthony Perkins like discovers her because she's striking. Because Diana Ross is very striking. Um, and then he like tells her to come back almost or like calls her. And then there's another shoot he's doing that then she's actually a part of. And then she gets fired. Right. And then the, her she's boss like finds wearing out. her own thing or something. And then he just starts like taking pictures of her and like in the back of the store and, and the boss is like, what's going on? You can't take pictures. And then, there's like a conflict of interest or something she in her mind. And so she like hands her and then Anthony Perkins is just tells her like move to Rome. You're my new muse. Yeah. I I shouldn't even say muse, my new plaything, like my new object, my new little like item. Cause that too. Okay. So that, that, right. He's He's so twisted. He's so twisted. That is fundamentally a problem in this movie too, is that, I don't get the sense that 
he that she is really inspiring him it just seems like okay now she's in the mix for him right like okay now she's part of the like stable of girls that he's uh, calls on to model for whatever and i don't get a sense that he is really benefiting a lot from her being involved and then it's always so weird because like she's modeling but her real goal is to not be a model. It's to be a fashion designer. Yeah. She's and then like they're, they're that in the meantime. Yeah. Right. And it always like, there's this weird thing that happens where she's trying to get her clothes into these shoots. Exposure, which, Brandon. I want expo- exposure. exposure. And there's a part of me where I'm like, yeah like no this is not what this is about diana or tracy her name in this it's like this is a shoot for mahogany oh mahogany for god it, i i was like dying laughing when one of the billboards she ends up becoming a part of she looks like shit in that she's was like so frustrating wet and so like her hair's all fucked up that, that kind of rem- i don't know this is maybe being too deep about it but that kind of like reminded me of like Barry Gordy's like directing style uh-huh. of like, right. I'm going to subvert things and do it a little differently do it my own way. Oh instead God, of like good. listening uh-huh. to the, a tried and true. I don't know about this other guy who was going to be a director, but this, this guy who's a director and listen to him about what a movie should be. I'm going to do it myself and, and do it this kind of interesting, cool way. And then it comes out like not as palatable as, as, as a movie because that was so frustrating. And then like, you see, you see the other pictures or whatever, and like, oh, those are nice. And she's her hair is yeah. up and everything. And and uh the outfit is is not drenched in like sopping when she looks happy. And yeah. uh but can we talk about like we're just jumping around, I'm fine with it. But uh, can we talk about right before that happens? Is it was what they're doing is they were just running in the middle of the road and she is jumping on random cars and taking pictures on top of them. She's like a a an an influencer. Mm. So that is doing like a new, uh, a new, new trend, a new, a new viral craze, Brandon. I sound so old. Okay. So that's actually an homage. They're planking to a Supreme's music video where they are walking in the streets and it really looks like they're actually walking in there because there's even a part in the music video where like, uh, cause they're in Britain, I think. And like, uh, uh, what, uh, what is a British police officer? I can't remember. Abby, I don't remember, but a Bobby, um, a Bobby, yeah. uh, um, like it's like, <laughs> like getting trying to move them out of the street. Mm-hmm. And there's this music video where they're just like singing and like dancing oh, in the okay. street in like a middle of a fucking in the city. And they're like, yeah, oh, cool. it's like you're not allowed to do that. And um, so that was an homage to that. But it's just it is. But it, the, it there's a whole up. like photo montage of them mm-hmm. like just gorilla photo shoots uh, around the city and just like it looks like just a, a, the most torrid torrid love affair uh with a camera being being there like it's it's like almost like voyeuristic and or, or something in his mind like why he enjoys it like i just why he's so fascinated with and everything and just how he takes pictures too is just like so fat and then like he, he and then he does it in moments when and i think that's a kind of pretty great acting choice by him and I'm, and maybe it's the directing too but it just seems like an anthony perkins things where yeah in every scene even yeah. ones where he's probably doesn't need to be taking pictures he's just like yeah 
Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're in the middle of a conversation and he's still just like <laughs> taking pictures, all these weird candid ones to the point where, I mean, it, it consumes him to his death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It reminded me too of the awesome no powers bit where, no. where he's, <laughs> he's taking pictures and it's just like, he's so like frenetic about it and chaotic. He's just like, give it, you know, like really like, Oh, it has to be about TikTok about it. Just, no, we need more. <laughs> I know we'll do something crazy. Well, uh, I'll I'll take the video and you hold the you hold the steering wheel. Um, but yeah, there's that, and I and I think my criticism to go back, I I I think this is kind of what you're touching on as as well was like, or maybe not, but my one of my criticisms about near this portion of the movie was so she's she's with um, Billy D. They're both kind of like. Indiv- individuals at this point in their lives like they're, do- so. they're doing no. their own thing they're trying to make this relationship work it seems like she's like com- compromise a little bit more and sacrifice some of her goals it seems like to try to be there for him during this campaign a little bit um mm-hmm. and then there's just this one night like this one night where like he's asking her and you don't you just don't know enough about it to know the mm-hmm. context about how you should really feel if you should be on someone's side or it or and how you should judge a situation for yourself. But it just kind of happens where she's like, you can tell she's been working for him for the day. And then he's like, Oh, you, you're still good. You're going to come to the dinner later. And she's like, no, I got to work on this thing. This, I have like a show in a week or something like that for, uh, for my, sh- for my own stuff I got to work on. And he's like, Oh, I really want you to come to the dinner. And there's like this little tiff. And then she's like, you know what? Like, fuck you. I'm going to Rome. Cause Anthony Perkins, like call like told her, told me that like, I'm, I'm welcome to just come out there or whatever. And it just happens so quickly. And I, and I have no way of knowing how to feel about it. Oh yeah. And that's it's, frustrating I, in a storytelling perspective in a movie. You're like, Cause oh. I just, I want to know how to feel. And there's other like moralistic things that happen later on that, feel like they should be clear to and that makes it even more gobbledygook and kind of gray area confusing when it veers kind of near oh what you know we've done one tyler perry movie as well but like like some of the morality stuff that happens later kind of reminded me of that anyway it totally oh it totally does no and that's that's i'm glad yeah that's what i was getting at because that's the crux of the, my issues with this movie because um it is trying to be borderline feminist in her her story, her career being important because she's the fucking main like actor. She's the lead of this movie, and it should be about her. But since it seems like it's just since it's also being told from Barry, uh, I'm sorry, Larry Jordy's perspective is he is so inept at being able to like elegantly or just understand how to present the relationship in like what you're saying, like maybe providing more context uh, as to why things are important to each one so that there's more of this, like it's more interesting as to why it somebody not showing up to a thing is crucial or why it matters to the other person. Mm. And it just, there's it, no buildup to it at all. It's like you're, you're no, shooting the zero for there's like you, there's any ammunition. Absolutely. Right. Because they, 
they aren't even really that together. And then like what you're saying is, is then it kind of explodes. Like, how dare you tell me to not go live my dream and to, and then Billy D though, in the like actual text is like, what you're doing is not as important as my shit. And he says that to her. And then, so I'm like, I'm like, Oh fuck. Okay. Well, fuck you, Billy D like she Mm -hmm. should go do this because again, she's being provided an opportunity. That's going to be great for her career. She should take that. This isn't a very serious relationship, which is then to your point Mm -hmm. and to the, and to the fault of this movie is, is like, you did a bad job leading up to that point because really it just seems like, well, they've hung out like, a handful of times they slept together once they, but they've only hung out a handful of times. So for you to then get upset and to make somebody want like for you to put that on somebody of like, well, you're not doing this for me. Therefore, like you don't respect me. You don't love me and all of that. It's so undeserving because it's like, well, no, she doesn't owe you really anything. Mm -hmm. And it's really fucking awful for you to say those things and to think that you're like, like what you're doing matters more than hers. Like Mm -hmm. this isn't that you're not at that point in the relationship where you've put so much equity and stake into each other that now we're at a divergent point where, okay, now this is like, I can't live without you and I need to do this. And I need, and then the other, person i need to do that and those are like going opposite directions it's like no you just seem like honestly a toxic relationship where in the first month you're hanging out with somebody you're like telling them what they can and cannot do <laughs> you know what i mean and that's and like that's that's okay if you make it interesting like i don't want a perfect relationship i don't i don't i don't i don't want to watch like a, something that's perfectly you know right. they figured everything out but for it for nothing to really be fleshed out. It seems it, it it's like touched on and then there's like a, a minor blow up and then she's gone. And then the movie shifts so hard into a different gear, uh, in the Rome stuff. And then it tries to come back to Billy D in little increments, which feel oh, really rough and like rough. Cause he's not having a good time jar- and We're jarring not having- as well. Like it, mm-hmm. it, you don't, the way it's partitioned now, it doesn't feel the pacing doesn't feel proper having this back and forth between Chicago and Rome, which is a lot. That's just a lot to put together in, in, in your movie. Um, but they are, I mean, and, and yeah, like I, I, he's doing a shitty thing and I want a follow-up more so because when she does go to Rome and then when he ran, he just shows up at, at her doorstep, things kind of just continue on. And then he has, he has the conflict with Anthony Perkins and then there's another conflict Crazy there. Conflict. Let's, that gun sequence? Which just isn't real. Yeah, we we definitely have to talk about that. And then we also have to talk about Diana Ross's freak out on him, which also isn't fully earned either. Or it's just such a quick shift. So it's kind of like a big shift for her personality and character in the, in the latter half of the movie. That's hard to be on board for as well and continue to continue to root for her but i'm yeah i am i am jumping kind of kind of all around you want to get into like the the rome stuff no i just want to say like it's so funny to hear your energy about this because i feel very similarly that the way that the movie is structured what it gives you like we're trying to make a meal out of something that isn't there like we're trying to add color add to try to add purpose and it's just so difficult to talk about this movie in like oh here let's hone in on this quality of 
the movie or this aspect mm-hmm. of the relationship being presented because it's not presented well at all. So mm-hmm. then it just like leaves you reeling a little bit. Like I can tell with you and I feel the same as is like, you're like, ah, uh, I like, I get what you're doing, but you're not doing it. And so now we're talking about it and it's just like hard to be like, have a good, like a strong point of view or mm-hmm. say something like uh, like a real like critique about something because there's not anything there that's like really has of substance that's worth talking about it's just so crazy there are some, how, there are some like yeah. dramatic moments but they're the buildup isn't there for them to to yeah kind of earn it or it doesn't feel uh you don't feel the weight of it as much um but the whole the whole love affair with Anthony Perkins is, is pretty wild. Um, and I think I, that, I guess that's where she is transforming into the like Pat power or like she, she wants the exposure and she wants, she's starting to put herself out there more. She put on one of her own outfits, uh, for one of the fashion shows in which Anthony Perkins is a real dick bag. And, uh, everyone is kind of a flutter and then they're looking for a bid and he bids a very low amount. And then we get this other character in this movie, which I, another is another part that I'm just kind of late game. Don't, Mm. I don't really know how to feel about him either. Especially the way that it ends with intentions. I don't know. Just aren't revealed in a way that makes sense to me. He just seems like a real deus ex machina or just this kind of thing that, is needed for the plot to go in, in another direction. Um, but he, he, he loves it. He loves her. He, you know, he, he bets a lot and then he, um, you know, supports her later on, but we should talk about, so Billy D and then Billy D shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Just yeah. Shows up at the door and then things are, things are kind of cool again. Cause she's on the quits with Anthony sort Perkins of because kinda. well, and this is what's frustrating. You said, I mean, you said feminist and whatever, whatever it, it, it is, it, it is. But I think what's frustrating with me is there's just always a point in this movie where she's with a man all the way up until the very end. And she like needs a man to like front her and what, and what she's doing as much as she Validate says she, want, she wants to be on her own and everything. The movie and the, and the men around her are reminding her that she, <laughs> she, she can do it without them a lot of, in a lot of senses. And that was something that was, it just is what it is about the the movie. And I, I don't need a feminist message, like, sh- you know, shoved up my ass or anything like that, but it's just, no, uh, that, fru- it's just frustrating stop. when yeah. this, this guy, this, I this is a frustrating character for me. This benefactor guy is just kind of comes in out of nowhere and fronts her and just is, is makes it able for her to jump from Billy from Anthony Perkins front to Billy D to him um, but we're on the Billy D. I'm, I'm, these are, these are the hosts of men that she's, she's hop skipping and jumping around. Uh, she's pissed at Anthony Perkins for doing the low ball. Uh, Billy D shows up and he's weirded out by European people. <laughs> I know it's, oh, it's, it, it's such, a I mean, but t- would you, would you eat Mac sal- or potato salad pie or whatever that fuck that was out of some guy's hand? <laughs> 
I know, or, right? Or it's like, hand, I know. lady, yeah, this like trans person, I think, because yeah, then, yeah, I, yeah, I think, because then Billy D makes the fucking gross ass comment about like, whoever you I, are, I don't want to eat out of your hands. Thank you very much. No, right? That's what it. See, that's the thing. I know you so took it a different direction. I really wish you just honed in on the. The, right wouldn't that have been that's so the much weird better? thing here that's the weird thing it's not the fact that that person is like fabulous fluid or, yeah. or whatever it's like no they're trying to like a random person is feeding you stuff that they grabbed with their hands off a plate into your mouth it's like of course that's disgusting <laughs> but no you're focusing on the fact that it's like a, they're a finger a sexual i'm sorry yeah and it's like you, I, yeah what he says he's like i we need he, he, yeah i just wish this party had a name tag so i can know who's oh yeah who or whatever and that that was said, the that was the weirdest conversation that made no sense between him and Anthony Perkins because he's like I wish people had labels which is yeah pretty you know and and then Anthony Perkins oh, what is he's like well if he's like oh you know like at the morgue you know he's like well if you think we're all cadavers here or something, and then he starts going you should into speak this, ill of the dead he yeah, starts doing all like, these like weird like repartee meta- about, metaphors yeah. and like double metaphors that don't actually fall add up <laughs> it's good like what is this dialogue this is so so strange on, on paper well first off i just want to talk about how fucking toxic it, it is and this is and i've seen this happen for some people when the like when you're like in in you're visiting somebody in their element right which is not necessarily your element right this is them thriving in their own space and that can be outside of yours you know that's what how relationships should be though it's like you can be you can be dominant you can be comfortable in your own spaces and then you know you come together in your personal time whatever and that and that's your relationship but it's just so fucking toxic when he he flies to rome and then makes a to-do about like isn't it great that i made this effort to get here and then the whole time just bitches and moans about everything he's like i'm not used to this and this but then is he doesn't sh- complain about the things he should be complaining about we just talked about the finger potato pie whatever but then he doesn't actually <laughs> like talk about this fight that he has with with percolator uh, right. Like he well, never yeah, brings he, it up because well, that's like a man thing, right? He's yeah. like, I don't want to talk about how this man got one over on me or is bugging me or whatever. But right. but every which way though, he's like, you're just like, just overall feel uncomfortable and would rather not be here. He feels uncomfortable. It's always like, and oh, she's I'm not, not helping. She's not on my side about the like anything. So exactly, like I'm from the I'm from you know i'm from chicago or whatever yeah from chicago and this is not how we do things and then it's just a series of them going out to dinner doing the clothing stuff just being around each other and he's always just like this isn't my world i don't understand it you know this it's like it's so and to the point too which is the like um like kind of the crux of the toxicity of it is it's like it then getting frustrated with her that she likes this. Like, I don't like it. And now I'm frustrated that you don't feel the same way that I do. And it's just insanely fucking toxic. And again, like I can't like, I, this movie frustrates me so fucking much because of how it ends too. Like we can continue to obviously talk about the movie, but just to like briefly like hone in on like, talk about the big scenes. Yeah. But like, what's so fucking wrong with this movie is you know, again, how much he is, she is willing to let Billy D in her life 
and how every which way it comes off like he just wants her to do what he thinks is right. He is only okay when he feels comfortable and then to for it to culminate and to end the way that it does, even though it's like the movies telling you like, oh, this is wonderful. They're like, I, you know, the, your, whatever, your man's going to come back to you, yada, yada, yada. It's like, oh, but then is she just giving up on her dreams? Because that's what it's, it ends up being like to me. It's yeah, like, the, rom- oh, she- the romantic aspect of this movie wasn't the whole through line. Like, I mean, it was, it was her as a person and what she wanted and she didn't just want to be with a man. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I guess, yeah, to, to your point as as well and what I was saying earlier is, is just kind of frustrating where it's like she didn't need any three of those guys, you know, and they, 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 each one of them had their place in her life at different times, but then right at the end, yeah, she, she goes right back home is what she wants to do. And that's what his point to her in the beginning of their relationship was. And in a way it is kind of, uh, like satisfying what Billy D Williams character wanted for her the whole time and saying, yes, that's what is right for her. And what should happen is she should have just stayed home the whole time and worked on the it's like activism and, and being in, in politics. Uh, Cause that's the only way to, to get things done or, or whatever in, in Billy D Williams mind. But it it is inconclusive as far as what her dream wants to be. Cause she goes through a fucking, lot so so we get to this so we do this fight which is just one of the better scenes um mm. simply i think because of the performances yeah um, for sure you could you know you can shoot it in a number of ways and in a, in a room and everything but when you have anthony perkins body language and 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 fa- what he does with his face and how he, how he was handling a prop the gun uh and then billy d williams physical strength and sort of reacting his ability to react to what Perkins is putting out. Cause like, and I'm, I'm making faces too, just watching the movie, just kind of like, Whoa, this is, Oh yeah, this is weird. And this is going to, he just brings him into a room full of guns and <laughs> just starts. Uh, what you know, fuck? as you do, as he, you do, he right? brought her into a room full of his past models with one of them stabbed to shit and like slapped darts, it and right? like slapped oh yeah darts and then he like slapped her and then this he said is, a funny line about that too did, I, like, I might have written uh, oh dude did you oh, i wish i read it wrote it down but something about like maturity like we grow just because you like grow older doesn't mean you mature or something to that effect no you're only young once you can be immature forever there it is Bada bing, bada boom. There's a lot. There's a lot. I'll say some um, like whatever in my notes. Maybe later, I have some some just like lines that were that were dropped that are just that are interesting. Um, but this this scene is a has a build up. The dialogue is executed well. There's a chemistry between them two that is palpable in terms of 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 the the contrast and. Uh, how it ends with the the gun not being loaded and the tension leading up to that and the release and then the fallout is is handled well and one of the better better sequences if not 
you know, the best, one of the be- yeah. better sequences of the movie. Um, Do you imagine if the gun went off and Anthony Perkins died and Billy D killed him? I was like, I was on the edge of my seat, right? Cause it could have gone I that, that way too. It totally could have gone that way. Yeah. It could have, but man, what a different movie this would have been if it was mm. like the back half of it was this whole like having to deal with a dead Billy D and Rome. Well, well, yeah. We should definitely talk about how he actually dies next. Yeah, um, sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does happen. It I could, mean, he does. It could have yeah. gone either, but yeah, it could have been Billy D. Um, but yes, and then he and he amscrays. Oh no, we should talk about the um, fight at least at least touch on because Diana Ross is on a good one and she's at the point i don't know this movie the very rags to riches and i feel like my context for that in a lot of ways is like a scorsese movie is like a goodfellas or or whatnot right. uh in terms of rags to riches and this is kind of like okay he's like the the coked out power crazed leotas you know <laughs> whatever is 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 pissed off or it's it's like that point in the movie where it's uh, they've gone too far and it's not going to be fun anymore. It's like the crescendo has hit and now it's like darkness. Um, it's like the eighties once the eighties hit in, uh, in, Oh, and boogie nights and boogie nights. Yeah. Yeah. The new year's. Yeah. And William H Macy, um, takes his, takes his weight leave. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, and that's, and that's another criticism in the movie is it doesn't resonate her, persona billy d just leaves anthony perkins dies and then she's just got to deal with the benefactor at which point she just is like fuck this i'm over <laughs> right absolutely. that's essentially that's how the movie goes and, and like that's just that's just frustrating when she she finds at at that point in, in the movie later on the the strife and something to fight against and, and the ability and resources to to do things at least in a, at least in some capacity. And you're just like, no, I want to go home. Um, right. Which is like, it, it just, it's undercut so much where you're like, Oh, it isn't so much about her learning something like needing to internalize what's happening to then overcome it and be a different person. It's just so plotting and of like, well, I have to leave because of this situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah, there's not a necessarily it's a, a defeat defeatism kind of. Yeah, there's not a, a lot of internalization or any character work. It's just strictly plot. It's like, well, Anthony Perkins is dead. This benefactor, that whole thing too, man. I I'm trying to wrap my mind around that cuz it was so weird about yeah, like big time. You know, him wanting her to fuck him but then like not i was so confusing man because that just was not clear enough of like if he was nefarious or if he was if he was looking for something or if he just i guess he just want to be sugar daddy but then even even then he's the one that that gets mad at her for being an asshole Mm mm-hmm when it's it's like man what am i who am i rooting what am i rooting for in this movie anymore? this this character that i don't give a fuck about just told them the main character to stop being a fucking dick um but okay so she she finds the ability he he leaves and then we got to do this this car wreck um i almost want to share my screen and and hear anthony perkins scream one more time yeah. um if i if i can bring it up but uh can you talk up how do you feel about a photo shoot in uh on the highway to hell oh man what 
the shooting of that is so funny because it's obviously on a sound stage when they're in the car and yeah it's just it's that's so weird dude it's <laughs> just a lot of uncomfortable shits going on where yeah this guy's been a psychopath the whole time so it makes do sense you like this scene do you think the scene works i in or okay. in this movie or maybe in a different movie like just in general oh, like, definitely definitely a different movie but also like too, a crazy like, sociopath it, photographer that is like suicidal and uh, yeah, like there, I, there's some this there's some scenes in here that I feel like Tarantino would be like, well, there's this movie called Mahogany that you really you should really check out. And there's I just want and he takes notes from it. <laughs> I just want to say that on your recommended, there was a bit about how Trump has been indicted, but they they put asterisks on Trump like we don't know that that's going to be. Oh, what yeah. It's well. This is a little <laughs> sneak peek into my YouTube algorithm is occasionally I will throw on uh, Colbert's monologue is a, uh-huh. is a nice little like snippet of, of news where he makes jokes and he has done this thing. Uh, I'm not sure how long it has been. I think it's since uh, he doesn't say Trump anymore. This is the former president. Ever since Trump has no longer been president, Stephen Colbert has not said his name really because it's only just... called him the former president and anytime wow. you see it on youtube they also bleep out his name are you kidding me like he's they do, voldemort he has, like it, yeah. if he... isn't that it's such a such a stance it's such a stance and it's and just also absolutely fun. cause it okay. also draws more attention to it in a way. absolutely <laughs> yeah because immediately i was like i know exactly like what that like word former is president like it is kind of like a david yeah whatever uh, so anyways, let's get back into Big Dog. You want to go back to the Big Dog? Yeah, dude, I would love to get back to Big Dog. Now anybody listening can understand why we wanted to start this off as Big Dog Talk. Because this movie is fucking batshit crazy. It is also weird and kind of gross in its like morals. And oh, okay. Let's, yeah, speaking a, of which, let's watch this. It's a 70s movie, yeah. All right, this is a little commentary portion. It's a soundstage. Highly soundstage. Uh, yeah, stand, yeah, definitely. The lighting is different on... Yeah, because there's nothing yeah, really even clear in the background. It's just... Oh, God! Oh, now it's blue. Um, oh. Whoa! Okay, I gotta hear that one more time. I would not kill anybody else. Right? I'd kill anybody. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> what was did you have any final words? Don't stop that car! Don't mess up the car. <laughs> yeah, it just okay for it. Anybody who, yeah, and honestly, this movie said, but I'm sorry. I don't think I like who has seen this movie, yeah, in this movie, but yeah, just who's gonna who is again? It's on YouTube if you ever want to check it out. You ever want to check it out? It's free, but yeah, what was happening there is they were on a freeway, and yeah, leading up to that, Anthony Perkins was trying to make a point to her, like really digging at her all the way of being like, You're she's hung over at a photo shoot. Is essentially right. Like you're, right? he's, he's like having, yeah, time. I don't know. 
kind of like just forcing the camera on her being like, yeah, this right. Isn't the vibe of like, you're I'm taking like, you're better when you're like, I don't know, angry. I don't know. Like maybe you He's can so well no i i was going a little too hard with the uh fairy snorty thing earlier about the throwing her in the in the fountain but it is that sort of thing of like look at all the these great pictures that i can take but oh anyone could take a great picture what if i did it differently and threw her in the fountain and did it that way and it's it's just that sort of like uh, yeah like anarchistic sort of like fuck it all let's try let's try something like the only way to make art is to make other things like make people, I don't know, like, and either involve the other people or, or, or make, I was going to say make people, people suffer in some way, because that's essentially what's happening in this scene. Maybe not with every, everything that he's doing, but he's just like intense and like a bastardized Andy Warhol sort of way. I, I don't fucking know. Like, trying to he's like has this whole persona to his life as well and he seems to have like his his parties and his his lifestyle uh, about who he is that is even bigger than photography and he's trying to like just put out a status to the to the world would you and be like and be a god (laughs) yeah (laughs) right everybody is an object like an object to him it, which is, I mean, that's from like the beginning of this movie, right? Is the that whole thing about the movie's even called that, which is just, again, it is just such a fucked up sensibility of this movie. Like it isn't endearing and there isn't a payoff. Yeah, it's kind of fucked her, up to know what, where that comes right, from. Yeah. L- right? Like, so the movie is named Mahogany, which is the name she's given by a white sociopath who gives all women object names. And that's like, the other one was like crystal or something like that. Yeah. Could you, for the sake of this conversation, could you play a little bit of what he was really like about like leading up to the, them driving? I just, I, I Uh, I, like what what they were talking about before. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, sure. mm -hmm, I mean, this is what's great about this movie is yeah, it is on YouTube. We can, we can pull it up. Um, the commentary will be coming soon. <laughs> yeah, right there, yeah. Here we go. This is too far. Oh yeah, this is the freak out in the fight, and then she she's like, "Oh, I gotta do this photo shoot. I'm tired. I don't want to do this." Please look, I'm tired. Can't we finish this without talking or something? Are you referring to this commercial or to our relationship, darling? Sean, please move over. I'm coming in. Sean, please. move over. I'm coming in. He takes the driver's seat when she's already in it. That already, I was like, well, why would you just get in the passenger seat? He's got to be in control. It's cool seeing the the car with like. I love how there's the camera crew in the movie right there. I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I like seeing that. I like seeing their little setup in the back of that truck, the light on top, that little like setup where you can climb up and be the light guy. Well. It's like this Italian pickup truck. This morning, I suppose you're doing it on purpose. Doing what on purpose? It's cool. It's in Italy, fucking Italy. Sean, can we do this some other time? I'd really like to cool it today. Oh, you'd like to cool it with me forever. Well, but, mm. You'd like to go away with uh, what's his name? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Sean, <laughs> don't I look all right? I you love don't. him. You man. look like that. I don't care. Thirty. He's like, you look awful. Perfect. Let's take pictures. Let's come out of your paycheck. 
You gotta have your eyes checked. I think flashballs are really ruining your eyes. Sean, the car's moving. So what? The car's moving! <laughs> I'm doing the driving. I'm taking the pictures, okay? You're frightened. I'm not, but then I'm taking the pictures. What's the matter with you? Are you crazy? Really, it's almost like. I mean, the, the build-up to this is this. Do you think this is earned for his character as well? Because he is like upset at the end that, like, he doesn't want the card to be doing that at the end. He's not resigned, which is kind of when you think about it, a little confusing and a little frustrating too, and how it plays out. Where it's like, in this moment, his character feels suicidal, resigned to a, cha a chaotic. He's a chaotic energy and, or maybe it's mm. just indifferent whether he lives or dies almost is what I kind of read out of this or, or where he's taking the car. But when the car finally makes its final plunge, he's like, Oh, don't fuck up the key. He's like, he, I don't know. He, he maybe or maybe he just thinks he's invincible. I'm just, it's hard to get a read on what and why things are happening, but this is in a way a cool scene. And then you see the, the black and white pictures of her freaking out later. And it's like, that is an interesting effect. And I'm sure if he was alive today, he would love those pictures. He would love, he would love them. He would love them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then she goes, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but just like she, the, this movie, some of the beats just, I was referring, I don't know, even like the lady in, who sings the blues you just just think of like walk hard uh some in that movie or just like the, these kind of stereotypical almost like hallmark beats and this is like the hallmark movie beats and this is the part that reminds me of almost like a tyler perry movie where she and it doesn't read properly as well because like she's such an asshole it seems like to billy d williams that in a way the movie's telling you and somehow she's like earned this mm -hmm. for what she did to billy um but then she rehabilitates herself through through the care of her benefactor and Carlotta or whatever the, the, mm -hmm. other, the other lady's name is. Uh, and then she just continues to be a fucking asshole. <laughs> and she's learned nothing and had no bearing on, on that at all. And it's like, if you're going to go a stereotypical route, which I thought you were going, it was just confusing when it's like, Oh, they're not going that direction. Oh, she's just going to continue to be a jerk. And then the, the Italian guy is going to be like, Hey, come on, you can't berate the workers. He's like, well, she's like, well, I'm paying them. And he's like, honey, I'm paying them. I'm paying them. And she's like, I'm going home. <laughs> right. And, and, yeah. uh, and then she uh -huh. just interrupts Billy's speech and says, I want my man. Essentially. Right. I want my old man. Oh, uh, so and then, and then cue the event. cue the music, and uh, he's running for Congress, I think, at that point, or something uh, like that. Yeah, or some some type of political seat. Yeah. And derails yeah. his speech. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretending to be like just a yeah, yeah, but it's it doesn't play out quite how I think they it is gonna play out, but it 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 does, and it hits a lot of the stereotypical beats. And then it has some other scenes strewn throughout that are like edgy and interesting, like the gun scene, like the, the car scene, uh, and even like the opening dream sequence, how it looks is interesting. 
Um, and it's trying to, oh, and the montage as well. I was going to say the montage with all the music in, in realm of them doing all the photo shoots and all the still images mixed with music. And it was like an, I don't know, early music video or, or something like mm-hmm. that of just kind of like celebrating Diana Ross and how, and, and just doing this whole vibe. Like it, it's, it was, he's a producer. He sets a vibe and they're trying to set a vibe with the movie. And, um, <laughs> there were moments where that came through properly and other moments where it was not uh, reading as, as they, as they think I'm going to read a couple notes before we move on. Uh, I turned your trumpet into a horn of plenty mm-hmm. by putting the milk in the megaphone. I know uh, that milk in the megaphone bed. So funny, right? Feels like first takes is what I put. Like it wasn't rehearsed a lot. Like some of the scenes felt like they were just like, yeah, that works. Let's move on. Um, Oh yeah, the telescope photo shoot. Uh, deep breath, arch your back, show us your tits, and say shit. Um, hundred dollar change. To, uh, the air hockey scene I thought sounded rough to me. I don't know. I just put that there. The close up on <laughs> Seven Up first against Thirst. Did you did you see these close ups? Oh, the scene started and it was just a close up like. Full, full frame of seven up the first against thirst and then would zoom out to them walking <laughs> down the road. And I was like, why are we, why are we starting here? It was such weird decision-making of like, let's do something cool and weird and different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then like the close up on the trash at the end too, like where they're walking down the street and you know, he's talking about how he's got to fix up the, the city and stuff. And, and it's like, I think some of that is interesting when like Billy D's whole, whole, whole stick and, and spiel about uh, what he's trying to do is, and, and their conversations about that, I, I think are some of the better dialogue But at the end of this once, it might've been this, the end of the same scene. It goes to a close up of trash. <laughs> like, yep. you remember that one? Like they walk by, it might be the same scene at the end of the scene, they walk away and then it stops they walk away and then it stops and just looks at the trash. <laughs> yeah, it's like, isn't isn't Chicago just filthy? That set and design Billy D's like, gonna clean it up. I spent like a I spent like an hour putting that together. You gotta you gotta show the trash. Um, Rome's like a rich old lady. She covers her wrinkles up with things that shine. Do you know how? Uh, to, do you want to know how to? Sh- or do you know how to shine? Hmm. These are things. These are things that, so that are so deep. Um, Perkins is straight. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> he's hetero. Um, he's hetero. Okay. You don't make it here. You end up here. And I'm talking about uh, Chicago. I think when she's trying to show her designs to Bruce Valanche and, and other people. Um, oh, yeah. Bruce Valanche. Just a shout out. Valanche. Mm-hmm. Valanche is in this movie. People stop that sign. Get out and vote for Brian. You get a little Diana Ross uh, singing in that that part yeah. would have been nice to hear a little bit more. Maybe she wanted to be a singer or something. That could have been cool. It's okay. Um, good politics is like good sex. Something about like, it's if you're only out for yourself, it's not going to be great. Whatever. I don't know. It was such a stretch. Um, oh yeah. Perkins looking at the reflection in like the lamp. That was, that was a good acting moment. Uh, let's see. Haphazard shots of room. Yep. You're only young once. You can be immature forever. Uh, all my creations are the name of inanimate objects. And he calls like them it. Uh, 
not many volumes on the bookshelf. Oh God. Okay. That was, that was rough when they're talking to, about Diana Ross and the modeling, uh, casting agency. And then Carlotta gets up and it's like, Hmm, I'll take her. Yeah, actually, I'm the owner. Yeah. And I'll take ya. Gotcha. <laughs> a woman in a management position? Uh, what are you looking at? The gleam of mahogany. Oh, God. Um, exposure. Sla- oh, when he pulls off her, her outfit, that was, that was intense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you That's old it. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Perkins says that. He just calls someone an old bitch. Old bitch. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys is like saying like beauty is in the, or like he's like beauty in the highest. Someone tells him beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think the benefactor He's like, you'd be surprised. It's the same for being rich is also in the eye of the beholder. And I'm like, ah, oh, you guys are trying so hard to be so deep right now. Um, yeah. Billy, Billy, uh, Billy's back turtlenecks. Eat from finger. Yep, that's everything. Labels, cadavers. What the fuck? Yep. Mm-hmm. That, those are my notes. Uh, uh, let's I, see what the my, other people have to say. Just in real quick, my notes is I have down. This movie is making me go insane already. Um, <laughs> I th- it is su- it is fucked up. What Billy D does with the payment through the door window. Do you remember that where she? pays for him to get out because she feels bad by putting the milk in the megaphone, which causes him to fight people. Uh-huh. And then he gets put in jail right. and then to pay her back, he brings up a big bag of change and then puts it oh, in yeah. the door slot. And she opens a date it. with her after that. No, yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, fuck you. Um, She's and like, then, yeah, I was uh, the, I just, I, so much of my notes was about the telescope stuff. Like, <laughs> that a lot of like, oh what are we, what the fuck <laughs> are we watching? This last girl and the photo shoot is off the rails. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like just like, wow, what is going on? Um, I did, I did write, yeah, that Diana Ross dancing around the apartment is really the best moment so far and ended up being really the best moment in the movie, in my opinion. Um, Yep. Yeah, I just it's also I yeah, it was funny to me that so much of the like wow, this clothing is so like hip and trendy is all like this same like sheer big like draped. It's like people are wearing drapes and that was the that was so sh- yeah, chic. Asian influenced. And Asian influence where I'm like like the one, the, the, the thing she wore that was, she wasn't supposed to wear with like the dragon on it. And then she had her hair up in a way. Yeah. It, and then the Kabuki finale at the beginning, this is like Japanese. I, I guess that, yeah, like that dragon dress was put and it was an in- interesting choice. Yeah. Oh, also too the, I was or like, I why she, a, why she was into that. Or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like why? Oh no. Great. No, that is an amazing point, James of like, why is she interested in Asian influence and how does that Asian influence have anything to do with uh hot couture in Rome? Like, or mm-hmm. again, yeah, fundamentally like her inspiration, why her big, why is it a Kabuki ending? What about her life was like, Oh yeah, I want to do Kabuki theater. They I foreshadowed this- it as, and then didn't pay it off in any way. Like, we're we're yeah. leading to this Kabuki finale. So get ready. <laughs> Dude, totally. And uh, one last thing is, 
the lira to usd conversion in 75 because they they were like i you know i always get so fixed on like they were talking about in the millions of lira uh where like how much the garments were going for or whatever honestly not that expensive <laughs> like no. i i the conversion rate in 1975 from usd to lira was like I want to say it was like around 750 750 lira to a dollar. Hmm. <laughs> so honestly not that much <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you're telling me that all, the wealthy elite of Rome are buying garments that are like, I don't know, yeah, 700 bucks, $1,000." It's an interesting <laughs> way to yeah, like a fashion show where it's also an auction. I thought that was interesting as well. That like, is like a catwalk, right. and then the person just keeps on walking. Right, and then you get and that one. You get that one dress. Uh huh. an interesting thing. And then she if, just like brought it out to him later. Like, all right, here you go. <laughs> yeah, I do, I don't think they do that anymore because I I watch fashion shows here and there, and it is never like here is balenciaga's summer 23 show and then people are like i'll pay <laughs> and someone just takes it off and just gives it to him right there okay, <laughs> yeah, there you go. okay. <laughs> yeah i don't know that doesn't really happen anymore but yeah let's yeah i'm excited let's see uh what the the icy cold 30 percent critics uh let's find a few little tidbits from what they uh they have to say here um Let's do a little tidbit from the the man himself, Sir Roger Ebert. Um, he says, he gave it a two out of four. Mahogany is a big, lush, messy soap opera, so ambivalent about its heroine, heroine that we can't even be sure the ending's supposed to be happy. It's just a little tidbit. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here from... Uh, Slant Magazine, a two out of four from Dan Callahan. Even a charming last minute happy ending can't quite redeem all the mess and unidentified dread. Mm. Let's see from Rita A. Goldberger from The Lesbian Tide. Uh, Ross's strong, witty, determined character is so real that her sudden about face in the last few minutes does not ring true. It's as if the director or writer couldn't stand the thought of her being rich, successful, and happy. Mm. We've been saying mm-hmm. fucked up. Um, let's find maybe one more. Um, <laughs> there's some like not not a lot. Not surprisingly, it's hard to even find this movie. Uh, but let's and these are going to be some maybe obscure ones. But let's let's see. Um. <laughs> oh, this one's funny. Bernard Drew from Gannett News Service. Mahogany is directed by Barry Gordy of Motown. He should have a big career in records. He wow. should. Um, yeah. From Jacoba uh-huh. Atlas from Los Angeles Free Press. Diana Ross, who proves she could act with Lady Sings the Blues, struggles valiantly to create a character and sustain mood. Um, let's move on to some audience feels about everything and more of the positive sense of the word, a 76%, um, from Louis Lewis B, a four and a half stars high camp as Ross sizzles on the silver screen. 
Yeah. That was like a perfect like little <laughs> tidbit. Ooh, I'd put that yeah. on the box. Um uh this is anonymous person, five stars. Honestly, mahogany is truly a nice change from the traditional black exploitation of the 70s with a strong cast and a fairy tale plot. I would suggest this film to anyone. That is interesting to think about because I mean we not at all do do we talk about it because I just don't think both of us are really familiar with black exploitation. I mean, god, the 70s only film in general is yeah, you know, not not yeah, something kinda. I'm super familiar with and like the cont contextual elements surrounding this movie. But what that means, we maybe are due for a series or I would love to. I would get love to really into the in the 70s and th- please. What is Luna want? Uh you Luna? may hear uh Kitty Cat screaming in the back. She's L- very vocal. she's looking at she just you. Sits and looks at me and yells. Oh, it's ah, a big yawn. Oh, oh big yawn. Big yawn. What? Oh, I know. I'm going to feed you dinner once I'm done. I promise. <laughs> she's just, yeah, she's like, you're, you're, fucking, you're fucking late. <laughs> um, we'll do another uh, anonymous. These are some actual from Rotten Tomatoes. I have some reviews left on the site itself. Theme, five stars. Theme from Mahogany I felt was a wonderful movie. There was so many meanings involved all in one. First off, anything can happen at any minute. One day a poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many meanings. <laughs> <laughs> one day a poor woman was working in the u.s as a dress designer and the next minute she's a star fashion designer in rome the most important meaning of the movie was yet as successful as she was she had no one to share it with as stated in the movie and billy does say that in the end she chose her old life gave up everything to being a star to go back with the one she loved the song mahogany do you know where you're going to do you like the, the things that life has shown you where you're going to do you know do you get what you're hoping for when you look behind you, there's no open doors. What you're hoping for, do you know? This song represents my life in all stages. The words have and always will touch me. Unless you truly know what you want, you will always wonder, do you know where you are going to? Oh, I love that so much. because That's somebody who like has the passion within them to want to talk about critically these things, mm-hmm. but does not have the vocabulary to do it. <laughs> 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 I just my heart goes out to them like I love that because yeah it seems like their hearts in the right place but to just talk about themes um yeah motifs uh, a whole list of things that you would refer use as a word to reference what's going on in the movie as just meanings is just <laughs> <laughs> let's do uh one or one or two more uh another five stars unnamed this is hands down one of the best movies i've ever seen whenever someone even mentions the name diana ross this movie and all it stands for come to mind the story the acting and the dialogue are so real you get sucked right into the characters lives the costumes and soundtrack are sensational as well a must see movie from that era um and then one more or maybe oh there's this other one that says any true fashionista should watch this movie just so you know and then the last one, one of the best five stars, one of the best movies ever. So very classic, intelligent and realistic dialogue, gorgeous, sweeping cinematography, outstanding performances all around. I cannot applaud this movie or recommend it enough. It's hard to get beat. Like you were saying, like the, the person who, who took the time to write out the lyrics to the theme song. That person uh, has made the movie almost like their personality. And I know I've done that. 
I liked dinosaurs for a long time because Jurassic Park told me to. And that's the power <laughs> of film, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let, let's kick off our own uh, round. Or, or, let's throw our own tomatoes around here. It's, it's tomato <laughs> throwing time. We throw in new tomatoes. We, we don't know a name for segments. Um, to you, Brandon, do you want to start us off? Yeah. And give before and I ascribe a numerical value to this yes, piece of before- art. But before I do, I know this is terrible because this is a a, uh, a uh, an audio medium. But uh-huh. can we just can we just take a look at let me big let me dog zoom in. Let me let me zoom in here. Look at Anthony Perkins on. Uh, look at his. Do you see Ooh, his face? Poster. Look at his. Look at his, <laughs> his face. That looks like a scene from. When he's on the the director's chair and the like the crane or whatever, and he's like chewing gum like a maniac because <laughs> his mouth is agape. He's got a camera in his hand and he's yelling. It could be it could be in the car, but I do love the whole. There's a there's a dress that she's wearing that has uh like a pretty pretty coloring and mahogany written on it, and then this poster it looks like it is in French as well. Mm-hmm. yeah i just that's so funny that he the picture that they drew essentially is him mm-hmm. agape looking like he's yelling <laughs> that, that's everybody else is like cool and like kind of stoic on it and he's just like ah! Yeah. Ah! I'm, you're an object I'm the you're an object diana you're an object <laughs> i shall call you mahogany mahogany that's what i call all women I will They're put your picture on object. my wall. <laughs> yeah, and throw dirt in it because I don't like you anymore. Um, mother wouldn't like you. And mother wouldn't like you. Yeah, I could slap <laughs> that fly. I could do it. I could do it. I, I, I choose not to. I, it's oh, it's so funny to think about how much of a psycho he is in this. <laughs> yeah, they really was like, huh? This character is, a, or maybe it wasn't a psycho before he came in. <laughs> I know, right? You know. It's like super toned down and nuanced, and he just comes in. And he's like, "I'm gonna." Dude, he in. stole the show. The the performances in this in this movie, I oh, was so- I was clinging on to out of everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to go first? Sure. I mean, that's I mean to to write off that like that's that's my big big positive mm-hmm. is is the performances and the chemistry between Diana Ross and 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 Billy D. Uh, and seeing him in a movie that's not Star Wars was really fun too. Seeing Diana Ross perform in a movie, uh, and and her her presence is is really interesting. And uh, I think she's fascinating on camera in a way that's not too showy, uh, but kind of like, for lack of a better word, quirky. Like she's yeah, got some like quir- sure. quirky body language yeah, about about like, stuff. Yeah. And uh, when she like does. Oh man, see now I'm mixing up like since we watched Lady Sing- Lady Sings the Blues as well, but when and just her performance in general when she does like when she does her dancing and everything, it's 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 cute and endearing and when she does the the, the song for um for him about, you know, voting for him and people stop sign go out and vote for Brian uh is like a natural charisma that uh, a lot of yeah, that was good casting in this in this movie the present the the production makes sense why it was that way after the lady sings with blues anthony perkins i thought was a great like a fucking choice choice pick for for that character and it made me happy to to see him 
outside of Psycho. I don't think I've seen him in a, in a movie outside of Psycho. And he is electrifying, and he was stealing the show. And but the gun scene was one of the better better scenes, and even the car scene as well. Like if I saw that out of context, I'm like, what is this? What is this movie? Aside from the don't wreck the car. <laughs> Apart from that, you know, it's yeah. Actually, I'd still be curious, but it's it's just those are tense, thrilling kind of moments in the in this movie. Uh, but I don't know if it's trying to be too much uh, and and accomplish so so much with all these narratives between the characters the the splicing between chicago and rome was one of my least favorite parts of the movie i thought like right when that happened the the i was at like the 40 minute mark is when things splintered and she leaves i felt lost in a way as an audience member of like this feels like a brand new fucking movie now, like her going to Rome and then 10 minutes went by and then they went back to Billy D for like a, a few minutes and then went back and like, I just don't even care about Billy D Williams anymore. Like let her live her life and do what she wants to do. But then he came back and then, and these men, she kept on kind of juggling between the men and it wasn't satisfying in, in that sort of way. And then if you are going to do the thing of like the destructive rags to riches, I Scorsese, I know it's the 70s, 70s and Scorsese hasn't made 10 of those yet, but in that sort of way <laughs> where and there's other ones like that, I don't know, like fucking Butch Cassidy or some shit. I don't know, something or like a movie where someone has to deal with being a fucking asshole or doing wrong things and having their comeuppance. And she doesn't really get that either. And it's just like the most bland, boring way to end the movie now that I'm like really resonating with it and talking about it this whole time of. uh going back home and and going to be with Billy D Williams. And that is done in a, a presentational showy sort of way that doesn't get into the issues, which is all my criticisms with their whole relationship throughout the movie is when they should dig in and flesh out the things that really matter. They do it. And, and yeah, like she just shows up and says a, a silly thing to him at a speech and then just wraps up and be like, okay, they're going to be happy now. But it, the, the, what, it, what, what that actually alludes to and what would actually occur uh i'm more curious about rather than just that simple action and i think that's that's something that it's not helping me out as, as an audience member it's trying to just have me assume things away when i'm interested in the journey in in getting there and uh yeah and those elements of the journey are the character beats um, and the performances and some of the weirder things like, uh, and, and reading even that review from the, from, I believe one of the, even the, one of the critics of talking about the camp of this movie, I think, I think Perkins adds, adds a lot to that. Uh, and just being in Europe is kind of cool. Like being in Rome, I wish it was shot better. You know, like, I, I think we talked about this, uh, yesterday we were after watching it of like, yeah, those just aren't shot very well. It looks like someone just threw a, camera in a car and just roll down the window and it's all i get that she's in a car as well and it's trying to do the pov but still it just seems like rushed and it's like trying to be like hey look we're in italy now look at all this stuff and i'm like well i can't really huh. uh it's oh man it's kind of tough to give it a a fucking score though i have to say um i'm trying to th think like if i would recommend it or watch it again even and i think it comes a little short on both fronts. Um, I would rather watch Lady Sings the Blues, but even that is like 
a long biopic so that was like long. really dramatic. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, yeah, just, but seeing her at least sing was, was more enjoyable. Um, but going through the process of watching the whole thing and, you know, having a hard time to find it on YouTube, or I guess it's not hard to find. It's just, uh, it's free on YouTube, but it's just the full edition isn't there. So it's a little thing that's going to get lost to time that we took, took our time to, to watch and check out. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad I've watched it and checked it out. It's giving me, me more context about Barry Gordy. If that's what you're interested in beyond that. Um, I, I just think there's better stuff out there, but it's, it's not awful. And there's some really good scenes and good performances. So I'm thinking like a 40, 50 range. Um, it could veer on a 60, but I just, I don't know if it's like fresh, fresh. I'll do like a 55. Do 55. 55. Honestly, man, that's five. not, it's not bad. Five, five. What, for what this is. Cause I think that just goes to show you these performances are, there's so much, yeah, they're striking. They're memorable at, uh, at its peak of this movie. But yeah, for me, this movie is so poorly made so like unintelligible in a lot of ways the relationships are what they stand for what the purpose of them is just so like leaves such a bad taste in my mouth mm, i just yeah the, the time that i was enjoying this movie was just as a as zoomed out being like isn't this weird that this is happening right and relish relishing in totally. those moments of like whoa this is crazy that this is happening mm -hmm. but never was i on like in the pocket in the movie ever and this movie just was such a okay. slog at times because yeah i mean um I, maybe it has to do with the youtube again i don't want to give i don't want that to really affect my shit because it is what it is right it was bad sound mixing, regardless of YouTube. I feel like, yeah, for sure. And I mean, but we watched Lady the, Sings the Blues on YouTube as well. Yeah, right. And that was better. Um, that was better made no, movie. Yeah, for me, man, I just I can't really recommend this at all, unless. And the thing is, is like the only time you would recommend this is if you really are a huge Supreme and Dino Dino yeah. Ross or if you're fan. Like, hey, Perkins isn't that percolator go check that or out. right or if you're a big psycho fan but yeah. i never have met a person that's really like that and, mm -hmm. and that's uh like i don't know for better or for worse i guess that's kind of a bummer because those are you know the supremes are in one of the yeah one of the greatest bands of all time like i don't know so yeah like if you haven't seen this and you like the supremes mm -hmm. definitely check it out but man is it a shitty movie and um but i'll give it a little bit of credit that the performances were good um, but I mean, God, this is not a good movie. Um, so I'm going to go for me. This is a 42. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a 42. That feels good. Light, light four. Yeah. Light four for me on this one. All right. Fantano. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I'm, I'm sitting here. Cause it is, um, yeah, it's not, not good. Not well, good. yeah, we're, uh, we're on the same kind of temperature gauge of, of, rotten tomato and uh this was a movie from the 70s that we got to do again i'm so happy that we we found one and i i will uh try to find do my due diligence and see if there's something that could be representative of older movies that are polarizing and and i've mentioned this in the past but maybe not even according to rotten tomatoes maybe we start going out on a limb on some that are um polarizing in the moment that they come out and then 
become cult classics and then become, uh, you know, just mega hits. Like I've mentioned the thing in the past is, is one that's kind of done that big turnaround of not being very successful to, you know, just commonplace, uh, one of the better great, movies, great movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no. Yeah. It fucking rip so hard. Yeah. But for this next one, we are only moving up a few years and it is another movie from the seventies and it is another, uh, snary 40, uh, mm-hmm. production in, in so many ways. And it has all the people, uh, surrounding one. Barry. Nope. Sherry. Jerry Lordy. Snurdy. Yeah. I like snurdy for some reason. That's not even close. Nerdy, the nerdy. whiz. We're doing the whiz from 1978. It's got a 41% from critics. It has a 65% from audiences. Uh, I'll, I'll read the info that it has on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see here. When Harlem school teacher, Dorothy played by Diana Ross tries to save her dog from a storm. She's miraculously whisked. I mean, we know what this is. Whisked away to an urban fantasy land called Oz. After accidentally killing the wicked witch of the East upon her arrival, Dorothy is told about the whiz Richard Pryor, a wizard who can help her get back to Manhattan. As Dorothy goes in search of the whiz, she's joined by the scarecrow, Michael Jackson, the Tin Man, Nipsey Russell, and the Cowardly Lion, Ted Ross. Rated G, directed by Sidney Lumet. Writer, Joel Schumacher. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, we will be talking about The Wiz next time. We hope you have enjoyed your stay here on The Polar Zone. The Polarized Kingdom. Mahogany in the books. Uh, if you in the fucking books, if you want to yeah. reach us anywhere else, uh, we're streaming this live on twitch.tv slash polarized pod uh, on twitter.com slash polarized pod as well. Uh, you can send us a line at uh, polarize the pod at gmail.com. If there's anything else you want to send us uh, any movie ideas, segment ideas, uh, any other fan mail or uh, unfan or non-fan mail. Um, they, we will take it all. And I think that's fucking it. Yeah. We love you all. It's been love real. And we'll see you next time for the Wiz. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.